Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. This is for the uh, the week ending uh, Saturday the 6th. All the things that I've read and the podcast I've listened to over the course of that time. And uh, let's get right into it. Number one, I'm wrong on stocks for now, but I didn't lose money. Big difference. Uh, number two, uh, I put on some pounds. The COVID-19 quarantine is beating my Marsoc workouts. Uh, neither one nor two are permanent. Uh, please check the YouTube video before you can see my workout. I'm kidding. It's a military guy that's in shape. And uh, I look like an epileptic water buffalo when I do it. Uh, please, no uh, hate mail or uh, social media uh, trolls from the water buffalo community. I appreciate that. Number three, uh, it'll be tough to make money in bonds from here. I came across a chart that we'll, we'll get into. So uh, here we go. Let's go right into it. We talked about this last week. Uh, this is the 60-40 portfolio we talked about last week. Uh, obviously, stocks uh, uh, rallied nicely at the end of the week. So uh, uh, it's down 0.8% at the end of the week. Uh, the bonds are up 4%. Gold is up 10.6% year to date. And cash is flat, obviously. Uh, but uh, it's up 1.1% year to date, the 60-40 portfolio. So with all this madness going on, pandemics, riots, etc., uh, we're up 1.1%. And again, thank you, Chairman Powell. He is uh, flooding the market with liquidity and it's going into stocks. It's, that, it's almost that simple. Um, Mike, let's go to the, the uh, uh, you know, I call it my portfolio. Back in September, yes, I'm beating this dead horse, I admit it. But I was right. So I'm going to, you know, uh, point that out. Uh, I suggested that, you know, with, with the unprecedented nature of the way uh, the length of the bull market and uh, the, the, the record low yields of bonds, it made sense to maybe take your 5% cash allocation to 10 and the same with gold. And if you did that, this is what happens. So year to date, it's up 1.9%. Uh, again, the S&P is down 0.8. The bonds are up point, uh, up 4%. And uh, gold is up 10.9, and so uh, all in, up 1.9%. Again, in an era of madness, not too bad. It's June. So, uh, uh, you know, Ned Davis had a great uh, phrase, uh, wonderful research fellow, um, who has his own firm. And he said, there's being right and there's making money. And I obviously prefer the latter. So um, I'll get into my, my mistakes, and you can uh, flog me uh, later if you want to. But... Uh, so that's what's going on with, uh, you know, your portfolio. If you have an advisor that you like, trust and respect, which I mention all the time. And uh, I think that 1.9 and or 1.1 is a gift given what's been going on. And I think it's uh, it's remarkable. I think we have a lot of wooded shop, but, but so be it. Um, I want to get into uh, you versus the pros. I think, and I'll just speak for myself, I want to make money every year. And I want to compound. Now, that's obviously very difficult to do. You know, markets don't always oblige me. But uh, if you compound positive returns or very small losses year after year after year, you tend to do really, really well. Pros are focusing on outperforming an index this year. Uh, I say it a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's pretty uh, real uh, in the financial world is that if you underperform for a year, you get put on watch. And if you underperform for two years, you get fired. And so they're, if, they're, if their benchmark is the Russell 2000 growth, that's what they want to beat. That might mean it's down 20 
and you're down 10, you get to live to fight another day. So uh, what I think is happening here to an extent is we are, uh, you see the pros that are running mutual funds and hedge funds looking at the calendar. It's June 8th, the quarter end is coming up, and you've got to write an investor letter that explains why you are underperforming or outperforming. And uh, if you're underperforming, you're probably playing some catch-up. And you're saying, okay, what are the names that I really want to show people at the end of the month? And I'm going to top those off. And you see what's going on with, you know, the five big tech names, et cetera. And, um, but, you know, the pros have a different incentive than you. I think doing nothing is completely appropriate for, uh, uh, you know, retail investors, private investors most of the time. Um, I am going to find something to invest in. I'm looking, I'm going through you know, 1,700 plus charts every single month. I just haven't found anything. Uh, I reviewed my, my, my prior podcast to, to self-evaluate. And I said, I'm looking at shorting the emerging markets or shorting high yield, but I never had buy points and I never recommended them. So um, here we are up 1.9% with less risk while we research before we pounce. Not too bad. So, so be it. Uh, here's the S&P. I'm wrong for now. Uh, I focus too much on volume, and it normally works, and it didn't this time. And, you know, I they, nothing works all the time. Uh, Friday was the first time we had an update on above-average volume, up 25, uh, 25% above normal. I usually want to see that 50% above uh, the normal volume. and uh, But, you know, price is what you cash in. So uh, if, if uh, uh, volume doesn't work this time, Mia culpa. I apologize. Uh, I, I dislike. Can I ask a question yes, real please. quick? So, you know, I know I know you've pointed out you were wrong about the stocks a couple times, and right. I, I just want to step in for a second because we live right now in unprecedented times, right? I think what I've heard is that I've heard you take a model that has worked repeatedly, right, and applied it in a time when it's chaos, right? I mean, it must be extremely uh, difficult or almost impossible to accurately predict anything given the current climate politically, socially, uh, with COVID-19. I mean, there's there's too many variables for it to just be as simple as, you know, when, when volume is applied, it, it will get you these results and so on and so forth. Do you... I, I, I appreciate that. I just don't want to be, you know, one of the guys that, that shows up all the time. So, oh, I'm right all the time. And, and you know, I think I have to be human. Oh, of course. And, and uh, yeah, it, 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 these are crazy times. The pandemic, the 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 you know the the the, the racial tensions in the country, it's um, it's crazy. But we've t- been talking about this. It's you know the Fed is Superman. Yeah. Chairman Powell is Superman, and we haven't found his kryptonite. We talked about it last right, yeah, week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll talk about that more. Uh, you know, in subsequent charts, but people want to own stocks, and and there's there's reasons for that too. You know, bonds are at record low yields, and even though the S and P yield isn't, you know, uh, terribly attractive, it's better than what what fixed income offers. So, uh, uh, again, we're still we're still making money, yeah. you know. And so, I I just um, I have focused on volume because it's worked for me most of the time. It mm-hmm. doesn't work all the time. And here, uh, uh, the jobs report came out. Uh, and 13.3% unemployment is apparently good news versus expectations. And so they move stocks up huge. Yeah. 
and I, I didn't see any of that coming. Well, we'll I guess more. that's the thing. Nobody saw any of this coming. Most of us, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's it's, true. It's, it's, it's a, lot of it, a lot of it is just crazy stuff that's happening. Yeah, and what I want to do is I want to take the, the information that's out there. I don't want to regurgitate it to you and to my audience. I want to find potential future implications and then find ways to invest in it. And, and I just, but I, I also, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm clairvoyant and, and I'm right all the time. I just think it's disingenuous. Um, I dislike watching economic reports. I've mentioned that many times because I can't find an unemployment ETF that I can make money on. You know, there was no way to say, hey, 2.5 million jobs and, uh, you know, I'm betting the over. You can't do it. Uh, that might be a business opportunity for somebody. But, um, you know, the jobs report is what it is, and uh, 13.3% unemployment is good news for now. And stocks are, are close to record highs. NASDAQ is at record highs. So, um, And this dovetails with, with, with what you, you, you talked about, Mike. Uh, uh, the S&P yield is uh, down to 1.96 with 2.3. Uh, and uh, with the jobs report, Treasury yields are starting to go up. We were at 65, 70 basis points. Now we're up to 90, but the S&P yield is higher than bonds, and so bonds are looking attractive, and it's getting those, those, those extra flows. There's a ton of money in cash, and it's, it's, it's flying into stocks. Largely expensive stocks, but it's, it's, it's uh, running there just the same. Uh, here is the dividend yield, the S&P versus the 10-year, and most of the time, bonds yield more than stocks. This is Again, unprecedented, the widest spread in 10 years, and it's just starting to narrow. But I think that people are saying, I don't want to be in fixed income. I want to be in stocks, and the Fed has my back. And there we go. I was surprised by this. This is 50 years, and I always like to, you know, the longer the time frame, the more impactful it is. Uh, bonds are have been yielding more than stocks for most of the last 50 years, from 70 to... Um, 2008 bonds yielded more than stocks and we've only had periods over the last 12 where stocks yield yield more than bonds and frankly I don't know about I thought dividend cuts were going to bring this number down more than it has but here we are and uh, we're at all-time highs for this ratio and so the the stock market is getting the the benefit of the doubt uh, oh uh the last uh, uh, few days have pointed out the Tina effect. I underestimated. You know, the, the, there is no alternative. Tina, uh, it's bigger than I thought, and uh, and that's that's part of the reason why why stocks are doing what they're doing. But oh, by the way, you know, we're flat for the year. So you know, for the S and P five hundred, so no one's making any money. It just feels better than being down thirty three percent in a month, which is what happened before. Uh, this chart again surprised me too. Uh, this goes back to 1965, and uh, you know yields are about as low as they go. We went from 15 plus to 54 basis points over the last 40 years. Been absolutely remarkable. Uh, we're bouncing off that low. We're down at 90 basis points, depending on the day, give or take. And I just point this out that you know I don't think we're going to get negative rates. I don't know that, but the chance, the only way you make money in bonds from here is if rates go back down to 54 basis points or lower. I think that's a very difficult scenario uh, to, to envision. And I also think that that 137 uh, 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 level is resistance 
but I think there's there's very little keeping us from that. So bouncing from 90 basis points to 137 seems reasonable. Here's my bake's take to you know really pound it home. I think bonds are ballast for asset allocation. They tend to go up when when uh, uh, stocks go down, etc. And but I think making money in bonds is going to be really tough from here. So there we go. Uh, and I left this up here just to sort of punch me in the mouth a little bit myself. Uh, I said close above 303. We got that uh, volume remained below average, and the market is a mischievous bastard. And it it uh, it, it fooled me this time for now. And um, I got more work to do. And here we go. Uh, I had a great call in from my one of my son's friends, uh, David J from Bucknell. Uh, my son's alma mater just graduated. Uh, he's a classmate of his, and they have a, a great program at Bucknell where the students run a pretty sizable portion of the endowment fund for the school. And he asked, uh, uh, Lululemon uh, has been a huge winner. Is it set for readjustment? And don't know really what you mean by readjustment. I'm going to say that, you know, should you buy, sell, or hold? So that's how I'm going to interpret it. Uh, I'd re-examine your target. And what I did was I called my son's friends, Jack, uh, my, my son is Jack. His son, Charlie, recommended Lulu for uh, the fund. And uh, I, I got to give him a tip of the hat. Did an incredible amount of work uh, and uh, recommended it at 201. And uh, that's back in April. And here we are at 315. And Charlie, good for you. Great work. Uh, by the way, his target was 235. He said I could say that. And uh, and so what do you do from here? And I'll tell you what I think you should do. Uh, I would re-examine the target. And if you can find ways to make the numbers work where 315 looks cheap, then uh, so be it. Uh, I think when you have a 50, close to 60% move in two months, I think you should just say thank you, Mr. Market, and uh, sell the original investment. And then let the, uh, the, the, the rest, let the profits ride. And, um, uh, and then I would implement my, my cell discipline. We can go into that uh, down the road. But it's a three-step process where it, it breaks the 200-day. Uh, uh, the 50 comes down through the 200-day moving average. And the 200-day turns down and you get out in steps. But at 315, you're so far above any of those things going on. I just think you let the rest ride and, and uh, uh, you know, take the original investment out and, and use your profits to participate going forward. Um, why did the stock go up so much? Well, leading up to the earnings report, there were 24 down revisions. Everybody saw what was going on. The, the world was shutting down. And uh, apparently, uh, we like yoga pants. I'm wearing some right now. I'm kidding. I'm not doing that. Uh, but you can order uh, online from Lululemon, and people have. And uh, uh, they, uh, the expectations came down. They beat uh, the top line by $15 million, $1.4 billion. Um, the uh, earnings estimate came in $0.03 cents above, and, uh, and then they raised. So the market was, was, was uh, prepared, coiled for bad news and maybe downward revisions, and Lululemon uh, beat, and that's uh, music to the market's ears. And they took the stock up huge. I'm sure there were some shorts that got caught and uh, and had to cover. And so you had a, you know, maybe an exaggerated move. So uh, now expectations have been raised given that report. And so the next report is going to be given, I think, less of a pass than, uh, than this one was. Um, 
the stock's expensive. It always has been. Uh, I'll go into why, and it, it, it probably should be. But a 74 PE is an expensive stock. And uh, uh, 10 times sales doesn't leave you a lot of room for anything to go wrong. Right now, very little is. But, you know, you can't say that, that valuation is, a, is, a, is much of a backstop here at this point in time. Um, pr- net margin, 16%. Return on equity is great at 38%. Uh, the top line growth, 19%. Bottom line growth, 36%. Great numbers, metrics all the way around. Uh, growth is coveted in any market, but especially this, where so many uh, industries are getting battered. And um, so you can't argue with the financial performance of the company. You can't argue with the valuation. Can you go to the next one, Mike? Thanks. Uh, I look, look at this sometimes with these with these uh, uh, more controversial names, and I look at the shorts. There's 4.5 million shares short. Uh, that's up a bit. So that implies that there's some skepticism in the market, uh, it's 2.5 days short, not a heck of a lot. So the market can absorb short covering. So you're not gonna, you're not likely to have dramatic squeezes from here. So you don't have that technical short interest fuel that's out there to push the stock meaningfully higher from 315, in my opinion. Balance sheet, billion in cash plus, 739 in debt. So uh, net cash on the balance sheet, uh, Pre-cash flow of $306 million. Again, uh, business is really good. The, the balance sheet is very strong. Um, I, it just comes down to valuation. So here's my here's Bakes takes. Boom. Uh, take the initial value, the initial investment off the table. Let the rest ride. And then look for, I think, down the road, maybe end of the year, beginning of next year, to follow the sell discipline that I outlined so that you get out in stages but you don't get out prematurely and let, frankly, my or anybody else's valuation uh, decision get you out of a winner when uh, it, it, it clearly has been uh, phenomenal. Um, charts this week. Uh, uh, the This is the medium-term VIX, the volatility uh, uh, index, pro shares. This is the ETF futures, VIXM is the symbol. Uh, it's picking up on a day that the market's up big and not sure why, but this is, you know, imp- impressive volume, five times normal. It's that blue spike you see down there in the in the lower right. And uh, I'm drawn to things like this. I mean, why is it, it isn't an options expiration. So something is, is going on where people are uh, anticipating higher volatility, both up and down over the next five months or so. And that gets us into the election and the end of the year. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'm watching this. I haven't done anything with it yet. I'll tell you if I do. This is just, you know, showing where multiples are with Jim Bianco. I really like his work. Uh, And I I put down, I know it's different this time, but uh, stocks are expensive. And, uh, but that doesn't mean you should sell everything. That just means that you should know where you are and, and be a little bit more, uh, wary and, and be ready to sell any questionable stocks that you have in the portfolio. Small caps are more overvalued than any time in history. Um, the put-call ratio. Uh, I said uh, we need to to uh, get a bigger chart like uh, uh, the, the the captain on, on the Jaws boat. Um, people are buying calls at a higher rate than puts 
than the most ever. Over the last 20 years, the put-call ratio, which means that people are making bullish bets versus bearish bets, and it's at an extreme. Uh, more extreme than 2008. So I just think that caution is, is warranted, and I'm going to provide plenty of that. Uh, please subscribe, review, and share my Bakes Takes podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred platform. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter, uh, at Bakes Takes underscore, and other social media. Please use your voice memo app. Tape your questions and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write if you prefer. I will also keep you anonymous if you'd like. Uh, thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Have a great week. This is Bakes with Bakes Takes Podcast. And for much needed levity, again, I can't play the YouTube video because I don't have the copyright and I don't want to get in trouble with San Bruno. Uh, uh, watched The Joker with my son the other day, which is a disturbing film, frankly. Uh, but Gary Gullman does his college professor role play bit. I think it's very funny. I hope you do. And I hope you have a fabulous week. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>